The kids can be excused, the kingdom kids now, to go. Todd, I want to thank you for stealing half my stuff. Appreciate it. Um, good morning. So, if you have, uh, if you have any, if we have any first-time guests here today, or joining us via YouTube, uh, I am obviously not Creighton Beatty, our pastor. I am Mike Marchkaitis, and I serve here as, with an, as an elder, with along with Todd and the two Dougs and Joe Gray, and uh, I'm very grateful to do that. Creighton is away this weekend, speaking at a Christian uh, school graduation. And one of the tips that he gave me for today was to keep it under an hour. (laughs) I don't think that's going to be a problem. Let's open with prayer. Lord God, I pray that you will give me the words to speak today, that these words would be pleasing to you. And I also pray, Lord, for anyone here today who just needs you, Lord, needs your spirit inside them, that you will touch them through this message, Lord. Uh, I am grateful that you've put me here, and I pray, Lord God, that you will guide us. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, and uh, thank you that we can worship here freely to you. In your name we pray, amen. Today, as we finish the mission, mission values, this is not a series. As Todd had mentioned in his uh, meditation, we are trying to create a DNA for this church family. So I'd like you to memorize it, join us, and let's share the gospel. And as I had mentioned, Creighton has been preaching on our our vision, which is harvesting hope. Our mission is planting the truth, growing in grace, and our values, rooted in biblical authority, yielded to the Spirit, cultivated in prayer. And today we're going to talk about gathering to serve, gather to serve. So why are we here? Why do we come, why do we gather here each week? And the best answer I could come up with was to worship and praise our amazing God. While we're here, we experience gratitude towards God. We connect with God better when we're here. I, some people do. So everybody has their different spots, but some people being here helps them connect better with God. Your family is strengthened when you worship together. We have an opportunity to give back to God through our tithe and and through our serving. And a huge part is we pray for each other. Not only here on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week. I have a prayer list and I pray for people. I know my wife does the same and I know many of you do as well. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Well, I don't have any bullet points or anything on the back of the bullet today because I'm not very good at that stuff, so follow along. And then we'll, be, we'll, we'll be turning to Scripture later on. 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm sure we could add to this list why we gather. However, we're going to be moving on to the main part of our message this morning, which is serving. First, I'm going to talk about serving here in the church. I feel that how can you go out there and serve if you don't serve here in the church? 
Every Christian is called to serve. And Jesus set the ultimate example of what it means to be a servant through his life, his death, and his resurrection. 1 Peter 4.10 reads, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of us has a gift, a talent that God has given us that could be used here at the church and to glorify God. You have a talent to fix stuff. God could use you in our building ministry. You have a talent to teach. God could use you to teach here at the church. You have a talent, you have a gift, I'm sorry, you have a gift with children. Well, we have a nursery. You're outgoing and friendly. We have an outreach team. And over here on this sheet of paper here on the wall are all the missions that, or ministries that you could serve here in the church. There's a number of them. If uh, any of those interest you, please talk to one of the elders and we'll hook you up with the right person to talk to. Each of us, each one of us is a servant. You may say, oh, that serving stuff really isn't for me. Well, tell that to a blood-soaked Jesus who's on the cross. He died on the cross for us, and we can't give him a couple hours a week. We here are blessed with many servants here who serve God's church. Many serve in more than one ministry. Often when I speak to these people, I'll say, thank you for your servant heart, or thank you for what you do for our church. Because I truly am grateful. We have those who serve and are noticed, some who are out in the forefront, such as the worship team or the greeters or the security guys. You see those guys every week. And then we have those who serve behind the scenes, who don't expect any credit for what they do. One in particular comes to mind here at CCM. And when I say this person's name, I think you will shake your head yet. And that's Beth Hank. She always serves. Never once have I heard her complain. Very humble. Whenever asked to do a task, no hesitation, she says yes. One of her tasks here is probably the least sought-after ministry here at the church. That's leading the cleaning team. And I want to thank each... Would, if you're on the cleaning team, would you please stand up? That means I have to come back and clean some more. <laughs> Monica, I know you're on the cleaning team. My mom's on the cleaning team too, but she can stand up. So. Okay. But thank you for those who serve on the cleaning team. Um, let's see, where was I? Many times I've seen Beth here by herself, cleaning. That doesn't mean her team hasn't done their part, but I, I, she's always doing something, tidying up, washing a window, something. No complaining. We should all be like her. Thank you, Beth, for being such a good role model as a servant. And she could always use some help on the cleaning team. I don't think you would ever hear her say, 
no, thank you for offering, but we have enough people already. Sometimes serving isn't glorious. Sometimes it's not convenient. But it's not about us, is it? It's not about I or me. It's about Him. So be grateful and humble and no complaining when we serve. Jesus set the bar pretty high for us to be servants. The biggest, of course, is that He came here on earth to ultimately die for us. Another example of what a servant He was, if you'll turn to John 13, 4, Now, Jesus had already left the upper room, starting in verse 4. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Verse 5. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around them. Back in these times, everyone wore sandals, and they walked around in dust and dirt and mud and probably a few cow pies. So needless to say, you had stinky, dirty feet. And when they sat for dinner, many of them sat on the ground around a low table. So nobody wanted to smell stinky feet. Generally, but not in this case, they washed their feet before the meal. And it was usually the job of the lowest servant in the house to do this task. Verse 6, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Verse 8, no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. If we do not accept the humble service of Jesus to cleanse us, we have no part with him. Let's continue reading. Verse 9. Then Lord said, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you are. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put his clothes and returned, put his clothes on and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for as that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Any one of them could have washed each other's feet. Surely they would have washed Jesus' feet if he had asked. But the master 
wash their feet. Jesus was teaching them not only to be humble, but also they shall serve and love one another. Let's talk about Peter and Paul for a minute. They were known as bondservants. A bondservant was someone who had incurred a debt so great that they couldn't pay and they were imprisoned or they became that person's servant. If someone was wealthy enough to pay your debt, they would be buying you out of prison. And based on the law, for seven years, you had to work off that debt that they paid. After seven years, you could be freed. No obligations, no responsibilities. After seven years, you're good, you're done. And you have a fresh start. But sometimes a person realizes that the debt was so great that there was no way you could pay off that debt in seven years. Because of the gratitude that this person feels, they say they want to stay and continue to serve their master. If they did this, they would take a nail and they would put it through their earlobe and be marked as a bondservant. A bondservant isn't someone who is required to serve, but someone who is willing to serve because of their gratitude they have because of the compassion of the master. God calls us to be a willing bond servant. And he doesn't ask us to put a nail through our ear, but that's what Paul and Peter's language said, that they were bond servants willing to serve. By the way, that's the least that we can do. I do. By the way, that's the least that we could do for Jesus, our chief servant. And he didn't take a nail and put it through his earlobe to pay the debt that we could not pay. He took the nails and put them through his hands and his feet to pay our debt. Okay, so to be a servant, we must be willing to sacrifice. Sacrifice our talents and our time. It's easy to give financially. It's easy to reach in your wallet, pull out some cash, but to give our time and our talents, that's sacrifice. Oh, and by the way, being a servant to your husband or your wife can be extremely helpful in your marriage. Give it a try, husbands. When you're home or you come home, ask your wife, say, honey, what can I do today to, to serve you or, or to help you? And after she regains consciousness, <laughs> I'm almost sure that she will have her request. Sandy and I went to a wedding yesterday. That's the first time I've seen this. And during the service, they brought out a basin of water. And the bride washed the groom's feet and the groom washed the bride's feet. I thought... And since I had prepared for this already, I thought, wow, this is really, this is really special. Okay, now, let's take this out there to serve those in need. No matter what color, what ethnicity, 
what nationality, whether poor or rich, everyone at some point will need help. And we need to show and glorify God through our actions and our words. You have a neighbor moving in, take him some food. Or better yet, go over there and help him unload that truck. You're at the store and you see someone you think could use some help with their grocery bill. If you can't buy all their groceries, ask if you could just pay for a couple of things. Someone has a flat tire. Now, I admit that you need to be careful these days when you stop to help someone, but if you feel it's safe, stop and help them. Tell them why you're helping, that you're blessed and you just want to share the love of Jesus, that you're God's servant. Matthew 20, 28. Just, of the, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve. Jesus came to be served. I'm sorry, Jesus came to serve. Jesus came not to be served. Jesus gave his life for ransom for many, for us. And Jesus did not climb the ladder of importance. He was humble. He didn't complain. God had only one son, and he was a missionary, a servant. Someday, we should all want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you. Mike. No. You know, after you have heard a message, do you feel like your heart's been pricked? Do you, do you feel like you need to, to do something today? Well, this is what we call an invitation, where we invite you to come forward. And I know that sounds scary to walk down the aisle of the church and come up front. It's not about me and it's not about you. It is about God. If you feel that you need to come forward and say, I surrender, Lord. I'm done living this life all by myself. I made a big enough mess. I can't do it anymore. I know you are the Son of God. I believe that you can save me. And I know that you will. And you say, I'm ready. I need that in my life. I need to get into that baptistry. I need to die to my old self and rise in the newness of life. Then the hour of salvation is now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not at 4 o'clock. The time is right now. If you say, you know what? I was baptized 10, 30, 50 years ago. But I feel like I have walked so far down this road all by myself, and I don't like it. I need to rededicate my life to Christ. This is the time that you come down the aisle. 
I don't mean right now. We're going to play some music. And if you say this week has been so awful, I need to pray. I need some prayer. Or I have something coming up in the following week or days. I really need an elder or two or three to pray with me over this. This is why you come forward. We call this an invitation. You are invited, okay? Jesus loves every one of you in this room. And we would love the opportunity to minister to you, to pray for you, to just speak with you. Do not have fear as the obstacle that prevents you from coming forward today and learning more about Jesus Christ or repenting or returning as the prodigal son did to come back home. This is home. The foot of the cross. It's home. I'll pray. The music will start. And then if you would like to come forward for any of those reasons or any other reason, come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for your truth. We thank you, Father, for your promise. We thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that if there are those that are outside the body this morning, for those that desire to rededicate their life, and even for those that want to become a member here of the church, at the Christian Church of Mantino, that, Father, bring them forward. Let the Holy Spirit move in them to convict in their hearts, Father, to come forward. And if for whatever reason they cannot come today, I pray, God, that they'll make use of their phone and call or text or email or stop by the church office. Lord, let not this continue. We thank you, Father, for your church. And we thank you, Father, for all that you do and all that you allow us to do. As we depart now, may you be with us. May you strengthen us throughout this week. And may we glorify you in the things that we think, the things that we do, and the things that we say. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.